Hey baddies and welcome to Bad Witch Podcast, the podcast where we are going to get our witch shit together one spell at a time. I am very, very sick right now. I know I don't necessarily sound it. I was at, When I started recording, I was like, oh girl, you don't sound as bad as I thought you would. <laughs> but I promise I am like pouring all of my energy into this episode because as you know, this is the most important thing to me. So I was like, if nothing else, I need to feel better so I can get on here and I don't want to miss a week. Even that one week I did have to miss when I was like extremely sick. At least I put up a little, I don't know, three minutes that you all listen to because you're all the best. But yeah, I'm extremely sick. I am just in that sweet spot where the Theraflu has kicked in and I've backed it up with honey and I mean like literally open bare top pour into mouth just drinking honey. It's probably not the best for my blood sugar. Now that I'm saying that out loud, but you know, what? <laughs> we gotta do what we gotta do. Um, I've had um whole. Okay, no, I haven't had. Yes, I've had whole cloves of garlic. Are the cloves the individual pieces, and then the bulb is like all the pieces together, right? If that's what it is, I didn't eat the whole thing. <laughs> be ways. Could you imagine? That'd be way too much. I've had the little. I think they're cloves. The little pieces. I'm obvious little delirious because <laughs> I haven't been back in America for a full month. Nope. See, I haven't been back in America for a full week yet. And so I'm jet lagged. The new moon came for me as the moon always does. I actually didn't realize, but my, the new moon and my period synced up on the same day. And it was also the day I had to get on the plane for a 10 hour flight and then a six hour layover and then a two hour flight and then a one hour drive home. <laughs> so, you know, the moon gets you coming or going. It could be a new moon. It can be the full moon. It could be a lunar eclipse. It's just going to get you somehow, some way. And so, yeah, the new moon, it came for your girl. I know in the Facebook group, everyone was saying, well, not everyone. Some of you are killing it with the new moon vibes and are replenished and are doing the damn thing. But others of us were like, wow, I'm exhausted. <laughs> so I thought I was jet lagged. I thought it was normal new moon exhaustion or moon phase exhaustion rather, because no matter what phase is hitting, your girl doesn't take it well. Um, but it, I was actually getting sick. And so I don't know where I, I suspect that I picked it up at JFK airport just cause the second I land, so left Athens flight was so smooth. Like it was honestly, honestly, <laughs> what? It was honestly the smoothest flight I've ever been on. Like there was not one drop of turbulence, which never happens. I always hit a rough patch somewhere over Greenland. I don't know where the, the winds get real rough, but it was so smooth. And then I landed at JFK and it was like a nightmare situation. <laughs> so I think maybe the two hours in line at immigration and customs and, and border patrol, whatever it's called, TSA with TSA. And uh, then having to go back into it. So, you know, when you have a connecting flight, you still have to go back through security and do like a full check, which, you know, great. Let's make sure everyone's safe in the air. That's what we need to do. Um, but when you're standing in that line and you're just close to people and you're touching the bins that they've touched and you're going through the scanner machine and all that stuff, of course, there's just a million germs. And so I'm pretty sure I picked something up of JFK and thought it was just moon sickness and jet lag, but turns out it was real sickness <laughs> and it has a gotcha girl down. I'm, um, I'm truly just in a euphoric state right now because I'm talking to all of you and because I took all of your tips from the Facebook group. So yeah, I'm full of honey, full of garlic. Um, I've taken some cinnamon 
I just made a big salad. I was like, yes, if I just have fiber, I don't know. (laughs) I just try to have like my water consumption up, lycopene, just whatever helps. So as of right now, I'm doing okay. Um, I do have a little bit of a headache that's creeping in, but as long as it's bearable, we're going to keep going. And um, I'm recording early because I wanted to pace myself and make sure I have a little bit of time uh, just in case. I fall asleep in the middle of this or my head falls off. I don't know. Anything happened. Who knows? Uh, but yeah, I did kind of want to talk about to start which healing, you know, it's kind of going along with, well, not just which healing, but which health. And it does kind of go along with this thing we're in the middle of, which is, you know, what kind of witch are you? What type of witch are you? And I think it's so cool that some of you have come into the Facebook group and shared not just your witch type, but your witch story and not just your witch story, but your story. You know, it's not all about being a witch all the time. We're witches with lives outside of that. It's just a part of who we are. It's not everything that we are. So I want to say thank you to everyone that shared in the Facebook group. If you haven't yet, I want to encourage you to share in the Facebook group about it. Um, And people have sent me emails. That's so wonderful. I love getting to know more about you and learning more about different witch types that I didn't know about yet that I'll, you know, try my best (laughs) to cover today. If I can sort of explain the element spirit. I think I can do anything. (laughs) So we'll see how it goes. I didn't have to do that episode when I was very sick. I am doing this episode when I'm very sick. So, you know, just bear with me and we'll see what happens. So I did post in the Facebook group um, about how I am sick and duh, how many times can I say it? Y'all know by now. And looking for witchy remedies because I, I'll, I'll share what has kind of been passed down through my family and then what was shared in the group and let's kind of put it all together because, okay, well, let me start with this. I am not a health professional in any way. Um, one time I did dissect a frog and it was the best in my seventh grade science class. So I, I am going to give myself credit for that. It looked amazing. I mean, there were like, I was always an artsy kind of kid, like creative type obviously look where I've ended up, but there was about 10 minutes during, after that frog dissection where I was like, Oh, I should be a surgeon. Like this is, this is an immaculate dissection. My, my hands are clearly gifted. I should do this. Um, but then I remembered that I hate blood or anything gruesome in any way and could never cut into a human body. And then I also remember that I was a vegetarian at the time and was actively like, no, I'm not a vegetarian. No, I'm pescatarian. That's a whole side note. <laughs> but at the time I was vegetarian and um, I was pretty much forced to to dissect the frog. Um, it's not something I wanted to do. I was one of those kids like, you know, we used to watch old episodes of Saved by the Bell and Jesse or whomever would be like, I'm against this because, you know, ethics. I was that kid. Did you watch, are y'all that old? Are you as old as me? Did you watch Saved by the Bell? <laughs> I mean, I hope you are because I talk about the craft every episode. So hopefully you have a frame of reference from my pop culture knowledge. But yeah, I didn't want to dissect it because, you know, animal rights. And I believed in all, I did believe in all that. And I do believe in all of that. But it was one, I mean, I'm from the South and in Louisiana, South Louisiana of all places. They weren't like, oh, okay, you have ethical beliefs, 13 year old. They were like, do it. You're going to get an F. So um, I was morally against it. I remembered after the fact I was morally against it. But for about 10 minutes, I was like, oh, I'm so good at this. Because, you know, Pisces, we love praise. (laughs) So when everyone was telling me what a great job it was, I was like, this is it. I have found my calling in life. And then I remembered, oh, I'm really against having to do the practice of this. And I'm against um, 
having to cut a human open. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Obviously, people need surgery, but I can't even get like a a pinprick test without crying and nearly fainting. So maybe this isn't a job for me. So aside from those 10 minutes when I was 13, in like 1999, 2000, somewhere around there, I have no medical training. I am not a doctor. I am not a nurse. I am not a medical assistant, optometrist, clearly not a surgeon, maybe could have been one. We'll never know. So I'm saying take all of this stuff with a grain of salt, literally, because we're going to talk about salt. It comes up all the time in our witch world. Um, but yeah, so don't do anything without talking to your doctor or your trusted medical professional in your life. I'm just, I'm just giving you a little witch health tea. Speaking of tea, um, that's one thing. So these are all things that were like from my grandma, my great grandma, my marin, all those people. Um, and my mom, you know, all kids kind of passed down. And last week we were talking about hereditary witches and how it's kind of twofold. So, you know, you can have, it is literally something that's in your DNA or it's something that is like the spells and the rituals are, are passed down familially, familially. That has to be a word, right? It's a familial tradition. Yeah. Okay. Familially might not be a word, but you know what I'm going for. So, um, I would consider, this is the thing again, where I was like, oh, I'm this witch and I'm this witch and I'm this witch and I'm this witch. We're going to round that up later. But so I would consider myself a hereditary witch because even if you're not looking at distinct spells, and distinct rituals where you're saying, yes, let's all put on our cloaks and our hats and pull out the crystal ball and, and dance around the moonlight and three, you know, all that stuff that we talk about that you don't necessarily have to have to practice. Rituals and family recipes and family traditions are still in that line of being hereditary. Pause. Every time I say hereditary, this episode and last, it makes me think of a movie, Hereditary. I don't know if anyone saw it. I didn't see it. But I read the synopsis because when I'm too scared to see something, I just read what it is on Wikipedia. <laughs> and it sounds terrifying. Um, so if you have seen the movie, but I, I'm kind of like my interest is kind of piqued by it. So if you have seen it, uh, drop me a note anywhere you know where to get me by now. And let me know if I should watch it um, or if I'm too much of a baby and it just isn't going to work out for me. Anyway, so in my family, um, so I would kind of call this like a witchy beliefs, but also a little bit of just like real cultural beliefs. And then also specifically to my family beliefs, but you know, it all kind of comes together to make the same thing or not to make the same thing, but to make one thing. So for the teas, we would always do a ginger, lemon, honey situation. So that was my first go-to. I tried that. And then we do the baths. Bath water is really, really important. And like a lot of practices within my family, and for us, we have two specific beliefs. One, that you can like steam it and sweat it out, which I'm sure a lot of people share that. It's like a whole basis behind the ideas of like saunas and steam rooms and um, um, like hot spring pools, right? And those have been around since antiquity. So we're believers in sweating it out and we're believers in getting it out of your hair. <laughs> now the first one makes more sense than the second. But for the sweat it out, um, we do sea salt, baking soda, ginger in the water and you make that bath as hot as you can stand and by stand I mean when you stand up if you black out the water was too hot <laughs> which is honestly me a lot of the time I, I I take it too far but you know when you start sweating and you start releasing it just you do feel better even even just you know we have this whole concept of like your body detoxifies itself so then we're talking about wellness culture 
culture, culture, culture. Um, and like the, yeah, I've done this myself on Instagram where you, uh, promote like the detox teas and the body wraps and all that stuff, which, you know, the validity of those things can be questioned and our body and our kidneys, you know, if everything's functioning, you know, hopefully the way it should be goes through that process ourselves, And all we really need is to intake water. I, yeah, I agree with that. Um, I think, you know, let's not go into a whole thing, <laughs> but I, I will say as someone who has in the past promoted certain detox teas on Instagram in the early, early years of their inception and has taken them, I'm aware of what the effect is. And it's usually just something that makes your body purge and not necessarily detox, if that makes sense and keeping it, you know, as clean as we can. <laughs> so, um, but it is something about when you're in the bath and ginger is a natural kind of detoxifier kind of in the way that when you ingest ginger, when you ingest garlic, it just kind of cleanses everything out and it helps with that cleansing and detoxing process that your body goes through naturally. It's something about being in that water and sweating it out where you can almost believe a little bit more that whatever it is, is leaving your system. And so we're really, really big on sweating it out. And the ginger, I don't know what it is about the ginger exactly, the property of it, but when you add that to your water, I'm telling you, one time I overdid it, um, this is about six or seven years ago, I overdid it to the point where I had like a exhaustion headache. Not like I was exhausted, but if you are exercising and you push your body too far and you get that like it feels like an anvil is like sitting in the front of your head. That's what I had because I took the ginger too far and made it way too hot. And I guess in the process dehydrated myself. So if you're going to go the witchy bath route and do perform that ritual and you want to do the sea salt and the ginger and the baking soda, please make sure you also have some lemon water, ice cold lemon water on hand. Lemon is another um, diuretic and kind of help cleanse things out for you, make things move a little bit faster and drink it in. So you're not just sweating, 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 losing essential moisture, not moisture, essential, just waters and salts in your body. And then you have a, a horrible headache for 18 hours. <laughs> like I did. Listen, I told y'all before I live in extremes. So I just, I just take things too far. Thankfully I didn't do that today, which is why I'm able to, you know, have a, semi-normal conversation and just floating on sunshine right now. But yeah, um, so the bath. And then also I do, you are physically sweating and physically kind of releasing, you know, whatever, whatever needs to come out. But I do like the concept of using the sea salt in it. And, you know, we talked about this when you want to do the ritual bath with your amethyst, your citrine, your moonstone, whatever you want to line your tub with. I didn't line my tub today and I don't want I'm doing this because I'm, you know, when you're sick, you just don't, you're not all there. And I didn't want to loopily knock all my crystals off to the side and shatter something or get them stuck down the drain. And then we have to get a plumber out here or anything like that. So I didn't line it. I kind of just let the, the ginger and the sea salt baking soda do its magic. But so with the ginger, when it kicks up, you know, your body temperature and you're sweating that stuff out, it's the concept of sea salt. We always talk about where it's cleansing energy because sometimes can you have a virus? Can it be something bacterial? Absolutely. But sometimes you're sick because of energy. Sometimes you don't feel well because you've encountered a bad energy, a heavy energy, a nasty energy. I was just on many airplanes. I was just in many airports around thousands and thousands of people 
who may not even be the person next to me, but their energy is lingering and there's just something not good there. So I like the idea of I'm detoxing my physical body and I'm detoxing my spiritual body and my energy is being reset. That's the good thing always about a sea salt bath is that you just are resetting energy, which is great. So that's one of the ones. And then the other one's the hair thing. I don't know <laughs> where this came from. It's definitely something that I've only heard in my family, but it's something that is, you know, practiced and preached in your family. Let me know. But it's one of our superstitions is that if you're sick, you need to wash it out of your hair. Like the sickness is collected in your head and in your hair, you need to wash it out. So that is what I did. <laughs> There's been many times where I have, you know, it's not like, um, when you have something really identifiable, like if I have a sinus infection, I'm not going to wash my hair to wash it out. I know I have a sinus infection. I need to go get a Z pack and I need to use a nasal spray and like get my deviated septum fixed finally <laughs> one of these days. But if it's something like that, or if it's like, Oh, I have food poisoning. I, I know that these, what these are and I know how to deal with them. And it's not dealing with kind of this superstition about what it can be, but what I have right now, it's just a bug. I don't, I think it's something viral. Again, no medical background to speak of. I'm not hundred percent sure. I just know my body and I know what certain things feel like. So, you know, it feels like something viral. I, I, the flu? I don't know. I had a flu shot, but it was six months, seven months ago. So, I mean, joke's on me, I guess, if I got the flu in June. I guess the flu in June. Oh my goodness. But it feels like something viral. And since I can't quite pinpoint it, that's why I'm going along with that. I have to wash it out of my hair. It's just, again, the idea of cleanse. It's the idea of clean. It's the idea of removing anything that's clinging to you. So if it is just, you know, something that's off, if I do have a little virus, if I do have a bad energy connected to me, if I just walk through someone else's bad situation, which... Yeah, you know, actually when I was in the airport, there was a couple fighting right next to me. So maybe I just picked up their bad shit. I don't know. But the process of washing the hair, it's another thing where you're having like a ceremonial release and that's the ritual of it. And when I do that, I also use the baking soda in it. Not just because it actually is a good, you know, clarifier for your hair, but it's it's about removing buildup and rem like literally, spiritually, removing anything that's a block that's a buildup that is clogging you know it's kind of it's it is that idea of like releasing anything that's clogging your system so we wash our hair one time I was sick when I was living in um oh my gosh New York and I went to work and <laughs> my hair was wet and my boss was like you're sick why is your why did you come here with wet hair and I was like oh no I had to wash the sickness out of my hair and she looked at me like uh-huh <laughs> like girl it's a witch thing. Let me just do the, let me just do what I need to do because I'm telling you it's going to help. So I, I've sat and I've done the detox. I've put, you know, I've drank it in. I washed my hair. So I'm, I'm feeling like I am really on the right path. There's no way I could have done this yesterday or the day before and sounded this. Okay. I hope I sound okay. Y'all let me know. <laughs> well, if it's one of those things where I think I'm saying what I'm hearing myself say, but you're going to message me and be like, Mickey, um, you just recited the alphabet for an hour. <laughs> like, are you okay? <laughs> you just did a line for line reenactment of the craft girl. Are you okay? <laughs> no, pretty sure I'm not hallucinating that, um, 
Yeah, I don't think so. I think I'm doing okay. So yeah, those are the the like main. Oh, you know what else? One more thing, because we were talking about the um in the Facebook group. We were talking. I know we love the Facebook group. We were talking about. I so I posted and I was like, "What are your remedies? Like, give me your witch stuff." And a lot of people are like, "Oh, this isn't really witchy, but peppermint. This isn't really witchy, but echinacea. This isn't really witchy, but um, you know, ginger and lemon." And, and it's like, "Hello, all that stuff is totally witchy. <laughs> like, we're all being kind of green potion making witches right now and tapping into that side of us, because when you talk about not saying, "Oh, you need to go get." Robitussin. <laughs> Robitussin. Sorry. <laughs> you need to go get Robitussin. You need to go get an uh, emergency. You need to go get a, what are other, NyQuil, DayQuil, ZQuil, who, who, what have you. Giving all of these natural remedies is absolutely a witchy thing. And there's someone on the thread who pointed that out. They were like, no, all the stuff y'all are saying is witchy for sure. It's even when we're not meaning to be witches, we all have these natural remedies and we all, I'm, sh and I'm, guessing, betting, that's what I was trying to say. I'm betting that a lot of these remedies have come from our family, have come from, or very close friends. You know, these are things that you have when you're a little kid and you hold on to and you pass on to your kids. Or if you're me, you don't have any kids, you pass on to your coven and you pass on to your nieces and nephews. Um, but yeah, so I did do kind of a call for like, what are, what are you know, give me the witchy remedies, me and Theraflu have like only taken it so far. And it was so funny that all the things that were being said, a lot of things were being repeated. It's because we do, again, share these similarities in witchcraft. Like, it all stems from a place that's not different from each other, if that makes sense. Like, even though I grew up in South Louisiana, Creole backgrounds, you know, more even kind of Native American influence from certain sides of my family... It's not that different from someone who isn't even born and raised in America. You know, people were piping in <clears throat> from being born in Europe or growing up in Australia. Like, it, it's really interesting how witchcraft can have such a similar tie and bond, even though we're from so many different places. It's like the, it's like such a good uniter. Uniter? Is uniter a word? <laughs> unifier? There, I think unifier is the right word. So yeah, I was seeing all this stuff that's like, oh, you know, peppermint, honey, da da da. And it made me remember when I was little, my grandma, who got it from my great grandma, who I'm sure got it from her great grandma, back in the country of Rougon, Louisiana, where they didn't even speak English, they, my grandma used to, and I was like, when I was little, I was like, this is fake. Why are you giving me this? But she would make her own, I, it wasn't even cough syrup. It was just like feel better juice. I don't know, but it was peppermint, honey, mint, like mint sprig and, um, garlic base. And in talking to people in the group and then trying to like put all this stuff together for myself, that's what she would give me. And so it's just like these same, you know, it's just really cool how it all, we all kind of were raised with the same tradition in that sense, even though we're from vastly different places. And so, yeah, I'm going to uh, go make that when I'm done. So those are like the witch health things. <laughs> if you also find yourself getting sick right now, because I know that it's not flu season, but I know like summer sickness is kind of a thing. Um, and, you know, it's one of those things that comes in waves and I'll have it and you'll have it. And then it just takes out a workplace. I mean, not takes out a workplace, but like everyone at your work will have it. It's just one of those things that people start to get. Um, so again, the hereditary witchy rituals from my family or the potions or the traditions 
are uh, the lemon ginger honey tea that, you know, we always used to use like the plastic packs of honey, not even the honey from the bear or the jar, but like the ones you, the ones you get at McDonald's when the, you would get McDonald's for breakfast. My family has never met a condiment pack that they are willing to throw away. So it would, be, it would be like not even your local honey, the one that you're supposed to eat when you have allergies to things. But yeah, it would be like a pack of McDonald's honey. And then um, the bath, which is, again, sea salt, baking soda, and ginger. And that ginger, I'm telling you, be careful with it. Don't make it too hot to start. Kind of spurs it in when you need to because you're going to sweat. Trust me. Um, and then the washing the hair and adding in the baking soda just to unclog, to free up things, to kind of... It's kind of the concept, too, of opening those pores up so much and those follicles so much that whatever is in you just shoots out of the top like it's just it's able to release I kind of think of it as like a salt and pepper shaker with the three holes or four holes or however many in the top and that's how things are able to get out <laughs> you know so you got to unclog everything at the top so it can waft up um and then this syrup that my grandma makes you know she's 91 now so she doesn't make it anymore for us I I mean I am 32 I could I guess I could make it for myself <laughs> but it is a um I was about to say peanut butter. No. Peppermint. Jeez. <laughs> I'll say peanut butter and then pineapple. It is a peppermint, honey, garlic, mint sprig. The mint sprig is very important base. And I think she'd also put like thyme, rosemary. You just got to herb it up, you know? <laughs> like there's different herbs. And I, I want to, eh, I don't want to tell you. Okay. Never mind. Scratch that. <laughs> I mean, not scratch, but just forget I said that. But um, yeah, I think when she put in thyme, rosemary, maybe a little bit of lavender as well. There is something to be said about like where you're from and harvesting herbs from that area to use medicinally. Like I think it does work a little bit better with your makeup. And I, yeah. Oh, and figs. She would make us eat figs if we were sick because we grew them in the backyard. <laughs> so I know there, there's something to like the regionality of that. Regionality, that's another word I'm thinking I'm making up. But we would have figs and she'd be like, oh, you don't feel well, have some figs. And I, I swear it would really make you feel better. And that's just the stuff we've cultivated around, you know, her house, our house, the great grandparents' house in the country that thyme and rosemary and all that stuff. And so she would just kind of mix it all together and it would come out in this pink goop. I, for lack of a better word, it didn't have the nicest consistency, <laughs> but it didn't taste bad. I mean, I always remembered, I'd be like, oh mom, could you make me this instead of having to take like children's, I'm just going to keep saying Robitussin. I don't know why that's stuck in my head, but, or there was even this cough syrup that came in this glass brown bottle and it taste it it was to this day I can see it it was like thick purple brown sludge and I can't oh, I can taste it right now it's horrifying and so I'd always be like oh mom no no can you make me the thing that my mom makes because I don't want to take that it didn't even have a label on it like what was really going on in the late 80s early 90s during child rearing but it tasted really good and even though I was like ah, like candy because it was so sweet and you know you could she could kind of hide the garlic with the mint and all that stuff it really really did make me feel better and it's partly because it was made with natural ingredients and partly because it was made with local things that worked well for you know my 
my personal composition and partly because there's spell work and ritual behind it and it was made by my grandma who is you know probably a witch just like my mom's probably a witch just like I am definitely a witch but no one's admitted except for me but you know it comes down even though we might call it something else it's all there so yeah those are the four did I say four tea tea standard we all do that uh the bath I, I know a lot of people do a variation of that that's just how we do it um, the hair washing with baking soda, go for it. Ooh, and bonus, bonus points if you do use like a mint based, uh, like a peppermint, a tea tree oil, even though that mamma jamma can burn a lot sometimes. It's again about the opening up and letting the, I, I listen, when I'm saying this, I know this is not a scientific thing. Like you can't literally entice a virus or bacteria out of hair follicles and pores <laughs> like I know that it's just it's just the concept of releasing again so the more you're opened up if you use like a peppermint base or a um or a tea tree oil and then you're going with the baking soda and it kind of neutralizes it out and everything's just really clean and you feel like you can take a deep breath and start fresh and you're just you're just physically feeling better even if you still are under the weather it helps so those are my little health which tips I wanted to get out of the way. They're all my family based. I would love to hear yours. Uh, you know, we all have, even though there's a similar line that kind of runs through these things and the, the spell work isn't necessarily that different and the ingredients are necessarily that different. We may handle them in a different way, or maybe you do have something that your family just absolutely swears by. I don't know, blueberry juice or uh, thistle. <laughs> something so I would love to hear your tips um about your witch health and how you keep it up and what you've been taught through your family if you also are a hereditary witch and that's the thing about the witch types really when we like get into it in a second we I just don't think you have to be one type of witch the more I've been thinking about it because I don't feel like I'm one type of witch because I'm definitely a sea witch as we know because I may or may not be able to command um aquatic life <laughs> <laughs> oh, I watched Aquaman on the plane coming back from Athens too. So I, and I didn't have, um, Wi-Fi. I usually have it. Oh, I need to cancel my, uh, international plane on T-Mobile. Anyway, that's a, nothing to do with this podcast, but I usually have it. So I was like, it was killing me because I wanted to go in the Facebook group and update that I was watching it and like, you know, just be silly, but it wasn't working. Uh, but I did watch Aquaman. So if you too are a sea witch, I would recommend it because there's a lot of Piscean, Scorpionian, Cancerian vibes in the movie. If you just happen to be a water sign and you feel very aligned with the water signs or you're into the water element, whatever your gig is. And I don't know, I just, as a confirmed sea witch after my trip to Greece, <laughs> which explains my, again, my long love of Ursula. I really enjoyed it, even though it was categorically a bad movie. Um, the script was bad. The acting was not great, but I really, really enjoyed it still because it hit on kind of those witchy sea vibes. So I say you watch it. Anyway, that was movie review hour. <laughs> there we go. No one asked for it, but there it is. So yeah, um, I do think you can definitely be more than one witch. And it's just something I've been thinking about because the hereditary thing fits a lot of us. And Kitchen and Green, I still feel like are kind of interchangeable. I mean, The Kitchen Witch does definitely lean more towards, you know, the cooking and the making and the recipes and all that, but the ingredients have to come from somewhere. And even though the Green, green, yes, green Witch may not be 
cooking in the sense that we identify, you know, it's like this is traditional cooking. They're still cooking up potions and cooking up magic and cooking up spells. So, yeah, I don't think you necessarily have to pick one type or have to be one type, which, okay, I was going to start with, but um, we have to do our Patreon shout outs, 32 minutes. <laughs> and I want to do the crystal of the week early again, because I know I just kind of like it in the middle to be our little bridge over to uh, getting really deeper into our topic. So Patreon, an extra special, delicious, I can't say that word, delicious cherry on top to these baddies this week. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you to Maya, Aurora, Lindsay, Alicia. Alicia, am I saying your name right? Is it Alicia or Alicia? Please tell me um, in the Facebook group. Courtney, Heidi, Stephanie, I've been saying it for months now. I should know. Um, Stephanie, Sasha, Brett, Elizabeth, Aaron, Carla, Sola, Amanda, Lena, and Nolling. Y'all are the best. Also, speaking of the best, I was reading the... Um, the reviews and someone made, you know, I don't know who writes which one, but someone wrote that I'm really, I really care about like the acoustics of the podcast. And so I try to make sure it's really, really clear. And can I say, I number one, burst out laughing. And secondly, appreciate it so much because I really am so cuckoo bananas about the way this sounds because I hate echoing. And it's just like, I've told y'all the sharpness with pictures and sound quality really, really drive me crazy. And this also goes back to those auditory issues that I have, that I have talked about endlessly before. But that review, I hollered. I laughed so hard. I just loved it. So thank you, whoever wrote that. <laughs> it was the best. That was the best. Thank you, whoever wrote that. Thank you all for the ratings and reviews. You're all so kind. You're so lovely. You just, you just make a witch feel good, you know? It's just, God, y'all are the best. And our community is just... It's so, okay, so if you haven't joined the Facebook group, it's totally cool. You have your own reasons. If you don't have Facebook, that's fine. I told you you can get me on Twitter. You can get me on Instagram. You can email me. I, again, may give out my phone number. Who knows? It's still early in the podcast, but I am just so thankful for the community that we have because in the past week, you know, doing your homework and coming forward and being like, this is the kind of which I am. And people have just been introducing themselves and it's been such a warm welcome. And I'm so glad that people feel comfortable and can be open and feel welcome because there's just too many times in our witch lives and our regular lives where we just don't feel like we fit in anywhere. I've been struggling with that a lot lately. Um, here, let's go into like a little personal moment. <laughs> it's not too long, but just feeling like aside from when I get to talk to you all and being in the Facebook group, you know what it is. Okay. So it's <laughs> going to be so quick. Facebook has been putting up, um, I don't know why, but they've been people you may knowing me real, real hard lately. And it's just all people from middle school and high school and their pictures, like, you know, God bless. They all are married and they have their kids in their pictures. And I'm looking at them and I'm like, what is this? I don't feel like I'm that age. I don't feel like I'm that thing. And I, you know, as witches, I feel like a lot of time we don't feel like we quite, quite fit in. And we know that there's something different about us, but we also know that different thing is great. And even if we're the only ones that celebrate it for a while, we know that that difference is something that is really, really special and it's something that needs to be cultivated. And a lot of us turn it off for a long time, whether because it's scary or because you're doubting it because other people are telling you to doubt it or because you just don't know what to do with it or because you want to fit in. But we all witches are just different and we always know we're different. And it might take a while for us to be like, oh, I'm a witch. Okay. 
well, there we go. Like now I can do something about it. But just looking at these people and I'm like, wow, their lives are so far removed from mine. And I look at them and I feel like they look like 32 year olds and what 32 year olds, you know, do and have and the stage of the life they're in. And I'm like, well, what the hell am I? And what am I doing? <laughs> like, I don't know. But it doesn't look like what they're doing. And so I have been going through kind of this space. I've been in this space, you know, it started with the Scorpio full moon where I was like, I feel, I felt very lonely dealing with that. And during that time, I don't feel lonely now, especially having all of you and having, you know, our, our tangible coven where we can talk to each other, but I still feel a little isolated and a little different. And that's why, and not, not that that's a bad thing. It's just kind of figuring out your place, you know, and what you're doing. And if what you're doing is what you're supposed to be doing, I did also redownload the CoStar app. Which, um, if you're thinking of doing it, don't do it because it just brought so much, so many more questions and no answers. And also me being like, wait, what's about to happen? <laughs> so I, I don't feel, I feel less secure now that I've redownloaded it. But saying all that to say, I'm just so thankful and feel like it is such a blessing that we have the Facebook group and we've all come together and found each other and that it is such a warm, welcoming space. And so I, I'm promising to you that I'm always going to strive to keep it like that. If I get a bad vibe from someone, if I get a bad, like, you know, something's going on, I'm not feeling this. If someone enters that doesn't vibe with the rest of us, they got to go because I've seen Facebook groups for podcasts implode. <laughs> In fact, had a Facebook group for another podcast not imploded, we would not be here today. <laughs> Lots of long journeys that came together to make that which possible. But I am going to do my best to keep it this sacred space for all of us because we deserve, we deserve good in our lives. We deserve good coming to us and we deserve a good place to cultivate it all together and to share with each other and to have those bonds that maybe there are no other witches in your town. Maybe none of your friends quite get it. And so it's amazing that we all have each other. So I just... Again, the Facebook group is the best. It's totally cool if you're not a part of it. For whatever reason you have, you can always talk to me other ways. You know, no pressure. But if you do want to join, just search Bad Witch. I have added a question just because we're growing <laughs> a lot. And I want to make sure everyone who's in there actually listens to the podcast and has good intentions. Because it's better to start with the people with good intentions than to realize we have like a sneaky snake that's gotten in. And, you know, no shade to snakes. They're wonderful. But if you have a little, you know, sneaky doodle that's gotten in there, it's better to just start with them not being able to infiltrate and <laughs> make it sound so serious. <laughs> but, you know, better to start with everyone having good intentions than to have some people that don't have good intentions, but were able to get in any way. Because, you know, sometimes it's hard to read vibes over the internet. Sometimes it's real easy. That's a story for another day. So yeah, I did add a little question. If you listen to this podcast, if you've made it this far in this episode, then you already know the answer. I literally said it like five minutes ago. So you should be good to go. Um, yeah. Okay. So let's get back into our witch breakdown. When I say witch breakdown, it makes it sound like I'm going to be talking about witches that are going through a really hard time. No, I'm talking about the different types of witches. Um, I was trying to think what witch I wanted to start with this week. And the one that is really sticking out to me, and you know, I kind of referenced it not that long ago, is the eclectic witch, which, <laughs> eclectic witch, which, um, have you ever heard that Florence and the Machine song, Witch Witch? Is that what it's called? Never mind. Never mind. Listen, I, 
I'm either talking about a Florence and Machine song or I'm talking about a sandwich place. <laughs> I'm very sick. I'm not sure. Um, but it's one of my favorite. I'm saying that because it's one of my favorite Florence and Machine songs. I'm a huge fan of Flow Flow, as I like to call her. And um, I might put it down in the episode notes because it's also a good smudging song. You know, I like to do Rhiannon. I like to do Gold Dust Woman and uh, Witch Witch. Is that what it's called? It's either a song or a sandwich place again, but I will find it. I'll put it in the episode notes. So if you've been looking for a new ritual song to dig out or a new um, smudging song, that's a really good one. But anyway, so we're going to be talking about the eclectic witch first, which is one of those types, again, that I feel like a lot of us fall under. Um, and it, it makes me really think of the bad witches in this coven in particular, because as I've always said, this podcast doesn't ascribe to one thing. It's not Wicca. <clears throat> it's not, you know, one familiar set of practice. It's not directly descended from voodoo. It's it's a little bit of everything. We are just sampling. We're just getting a smattering. We're getting a smattering of everything that works for us. And we're really creating our own magic. And it it's a magic that we can still share with each other as a coven, but it's like, we'd have, we don't have to stick to these strict practices and rules. It's okay to take a little nibble out of different places and find the magic that works for you. So I think eclectic witches are, it's, it's really a good umbrella term because I can be an eclectic witch. You can be an eclectic witch, but you can also be a green witch. And that just means that you have found and forged your own way of doing it. I can be a sea witch, but I can find and forge my own way of doing it. So eclectic is a really, again, good umbrella term for a witch that makes her own rules. And, you know, they're extra powerful because they can dabble and go in and out of different things. So, yeah, if you identify as an eclectic witch, let me know. I just, when I started this podcast, you know, I was just putting out what I practice and what I have been taught and what I believe. and now kind of whittling it down and being like, what kind of witch am I really? Eclectic is kind of perfectly describe it. And even before I would call myself that in old episodes, I would say, you know, like this, we're not strictly this or that. We're just doing whatever feels right and whatever works for us. And I think there is something to be said about the freedom of being an eclectic witch because you don't have to conform to, you know, every single tenant or rule of certain types of witchcraft. We're it just works best for people that are into free forming, <laughs> you know, people that may again align a little bit more with Oracle than Tarot or may not be so set on following witchcraft in a religious way, but more in a practical way or even in a secular way. It's just, it gives you a lot of freedom to work with what works for you. And there's a lot of times, you know, we talk about this in witchcraft, you don't have to be ashamed or embarrassed if certain things do not work for you. For a long time, I was like, why the hell can I read Tarot? That really bothers me. I'm a magical person. I know I have all these other abilities. Why isn't this one thing clicking? And it's because it just wasn't for me. And that's okay. Not everything's for everyone. And that's fine. And you just find the thing that works for you. So I think there's a lot to be said for being a eclectic witch. It's pretty, it's pretty damn powerful when you can make your own rules and even surpass what you may have been able to do if you were following one particular set or sect, you know? So yeah, if you identify as an eclectic witch, let me know about it. But if I had to title, and I'm not going to say, oh, this coven is specifically this or bad witch is specifically this. You make up your own mind about what kind of witch you are, what you feel is right for you. But if I had to say like this podcast, <laughs> I would say it is 
definitely eclectic. We like to take from a little bit from everywhere, honor what we're taking from and learn from it and put it all together and make this beautiful magic together. So yeah, I, so it turns out I am a sea witch. I'm a hereditary witch. I told y'all, if I, I'm one of those people, if I start reading something, I'm like, oh yeah, that, I have that, I'm that, which can be really bad if it's like, oh, you're, I'm like, I'm sick, right? Y'all, we know, but <laughs> If I go on like, I never do this anymore, but if I put it on my symptoms and it comes up on Mayo Clinic or whatever, and it's like, oh, it could be these 17 things. I'm like, oh, wow, I have all 17 of these illnesses. I can't believe it. So yeah, as, if I read something, I automatically is like, how can I apply this to myself? But in my, in my honor, in my defense, when I read Kitchen Witch and Green Witch, I know that's definitely not me. I might align with some of them, but not others. And that's why, again, I'm saying eclectic really, it can be like the mother witch child that you are. And then you can fit in all like other, other different pieces there because again, we are borrowing from so many different places. Also, I literally just remembered I forgot to do the crystal, even though I just said I was going to do it. <laughs> we'll do it at the end, but uh, next week someone remind me and I will do it way earlier than this. I just, you know, I get so excited talking about this stuff and also, you know, slightly less brain power as usual. <laughs> okay, so I can say um, for this next type, which type, I 100%, oh wait, no, that's not true. Okay, <laughs> let's just say what it is. So I wanted to talk about hedge witches next. Um, not like your hedges outside, not like a nice topiary situation, but a head, a head witch, <laughs> already messing it up. A hedge witch is a witch that can easily traverse between our world and the spirit world to going to other realms. A head witch is someone that is very practiced in astral projection, can receive messages from the other side. It can't, when we're saying hedge, it's like you're kind of, they have the ability to stand on the hedge between our two worlds and work within both. Um, so I was going to say, I have no relation to this whatsoever, but I mentioned, I think in the very first episode, I have had a few instances where I have astral projected against my will. Um, it's not like anything came in and grabbed me out or anything, but I just woke up next to my body a few times and was like, oh no, mm -mm, I don't like this at all. I gotta get back in there. Uh, definitely realizing what was going on and going, oh, um, Archangel Michael, if you're not busy, could you <laughs> come through? Cause this is not cool. Uh, but yeah, so I have done it a few times, but hedge witches obviously are witches that have control over doing this stuff. It is not something that if you are just a magical person, you can just kind of experience things at times, but it doesn't mean that's your wheelhouse. Hedge, hedge witches <clears throat> are able to astral project. They are able to receive messages. They're able to work with both worlds or, and not just both worlds, like our current world and working on earth, but working with like the spirit world, but there's all kinds of realms and realities that they can kind of go between. And so if you are a hedge witch, it's something one that comes very naturally to you that you can actually project. It's something that you, uh, again, were probably doing as a kid, just having out of body experiences and something that you were able to hone and cultivate as you got older <clears throat> and more into your practice. And, you know, you can really, I, 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 I'm careful to say it's kind of the realm of like psychics and mediums because not all psychics and mediums are witches but all, as, no, that doesn't make sense. I was going to see the thing where like all squares are rectangles, but not all rectangles are squares or whatever. It's, it's like the inverse of that. <laughs> I'm not good at math. 
aside aside from those 10 minutes where I could I did a really good job with that frog I'm not good at math and science I'm owning that all I know is that I believe in evolution that's all I got um yeah so I don't want to necessarily say it's all psychics and mediums because I don't believe and correct me if I'm wrong if you are a psychic medium witch I don't know if they all do identify as witches particularly or they identify as this is my gift I am a psychic I am a medium I commune with the spirit world xyz um but all not hmm, hedge witches hedge witches golly have the ability to do what we would think traditionally of psychics and mediums when that comes to mind and so yeah they're they're really able to just ride ride that line and go into either realm and do well in either realm and it's not it's something that you can I know a lot of people are interested in astral projection and so they they do learn how to do it. I would say that a hedge witch is someone that has naturally always been able to do it and it's not some it's something that you can cultivate and process to become better at, but I would I would say that it's something that they've had the ability to do for a long time. Um the, like I don't consider myself a hedge witch because I don't really deal with the spirit world. I mean, I deal with goddesses, I deal with the angels and all that stuff. But I am in no way a psychic or a medium. I tell people <laughs> immediately I can't do any of that stuff. I don't really have an interest doing that stuff. And I think that is the difference too. It's like, it's what you're drawn to. You know, we talk about that so much. If if you are drawn to the sea, if you are drawn to the elements, if you are drawn to astral projection, if you are drawn to the spirit world, if this is something that's been, you know, communicating with you since you were a child, then yeah, you probably are that thing. Um, yeah, I think there's just an ease with, hedge witches that others of us that just because we may experience these kind of one-off two-off three-off situations it's not the same as it being a part of our practice if that makes sense basically hedge witches are bad bitches and I wouldn't want to mess with them because they do have command of you know all different realms and worlds and they see so much and they experience so much and they just there has there's a certain kind of control that comes with being able to do astral projection and making sure you're still connected and making sure you can return to where you're meant to be and there's a a bit of courage and bravery with doing that stuff like just because I've, I've done it a few times accidentally but even before just reading about it being like oh what is this people talk about all the time it sounds horrifying um I mean not trying to deter you but to me a scaredy cat it sounds horrifying so even having like you know the ability and the passion and and the natural ability to do that it's just amazing you know like I wouldn't want to be a hedge witch because again scaredy cat but I just think it's so cool to be an, an intermediary between many worlds and being able to ride that hedge and being able to go into the spirit world and come back and have messages and and again there's also so much just good in that because those are the witches we can look to when we need to talk to people that have passed on or we need to receive messages from people who have passed on. It's it's just, it's a beautiful type of witchcraft and it's also like a really badass type of witchcraft because you can kind of straddle both worlds. It's really amazing. But yeah, that's the one I can definitely say is not me because uh, I hope I never astral project again in my life. Um, I also read that uh, the the being able to fly over the hedge and fly between spirit worlds and like our world is where the concept of witches flying on a broom 
came from. So, I mean, and you know what? When I was on the plane, uh, they had Hocus Pocus. So I really, really wanted to watch it. But I thought I would just be, like, too elated and too giggly and people on the plane were trying to sleep. <laughs> but, you know, one of the scenes you always think of is when they're all riding the brooms and it's, like, such – it's it looks really cool to me and, like, super fun. I've also, always one of those things where I was like, damn, I wish that we could actually – just take brooms around. I mean, how easy would it make travel? Then I wouldn't be in the airport and I wouldn't get sick. But uh, that's where, yeah, that's where it's thought to come from. And, you know, we do have all these kind of stereotypes when you deal with witches where it's like, oh, we're the old crones and we have the pointy noses and, you know, the warts and the gray wiry hair and just, you know, like we're just, we just look like death, I guess. And you fly the broom and you have the black cap. I'm like, you know, a lot of that stuff sounds pretty cool. Like, yeah, I, I like the black cloaks. The pointy hat sounds like an awesome accessory. Who wouldn't want to ride a broom around town? It sounds pretty convenient and also environmentally friendly, if you ask me. And black hats are gorgeous. So what's the problem, you know? But yeah, I, that I in, like, looking deeply into each kind of different types of witch and familiarizing myself with ones that I had heard of but didn't necessarily, couldn't, didn't necessarily like know, you know, everything about I that's where I heard the witches flying a broom myth came from. And, you know, if you ask me, we should try to bring that back and make it a reality. I'm tired of driving a car. I'm trying I'm tired of having to go to the gas station and touch the gas nozzle thingy. And I you know, nine times out of a t not nine times out of ten, but every so often I do accidentally like spray gas on my car. Like I've done it multiple times, so I, I just need a broom, you know? But enough about me and my automotive incompetence. So next, I want to talk about cosmic witches, which I wish I was because number one, being a cosmic witch sounds incredibly cool. Hi, I'm a cosmic witch. What do you do? Um, but yeah, cosmic witches are exactly how they sound. Or they're also referred to as star witches, which again, how cool does that sound? When you hear cosmic witch, you think of like a glittering constellation. And when you hear Sea Witch, you think about Ursula, which again, I love. But, you know, it's not necessarily the image everyone wants to go with. <laughs> but cosmic witches are just like they sound. They work with the stars. They uh, really focus on astrology and astronomy and star placement, planetary placement to do their spells and to do their rituals and to do their ceremonies. They really make sure everything aligns before they are going to do their witch work before they do their practice. They are, are witches that are very well versed in astrology, which is why I'm definitely not one. <laughs> you know, I know what I know and I'm learning a little bit every day, but our witches that, and that's a, that's a misconception. Everyone thinks that like all witches are all magical people beings, however you identify, you know, whatever. Um, they think that we all just know everything about astrology just because I might be able to say, I mean, I know enough about each sign to be able to talk about it, but Again, I don't know what the word trying means. I, I've been trying to figure it out for weeks and I don't know, you know, what every single house represents, but there's kind of the assumption that we all do, but those are really, truly our cosmic witches. They're the ones that know they got the tea on the astrology and it's not just being well-versed in it and having the knowledge, but they're the ones that are able to track the transition of the stars and the planets. They're the ones that can read the birth charts. They're the ones that can practice cosmic magic, which, oh gosh, doesn't it sound so beautiful? Oh, I just, I practice cosmic magic. I love it. But yeah, they are our astrologers in the witch family. 
So, you know, when we were doing all of our elemental episodes, we talked about correspondences. Uh, we talked about it in the first episode and then kind of throughout each episode just to familiarize ourselves with them and try to memorize the best of our ability. So when working with cosmic magic and dealing with the planets and the stars and the cosmos and all of those gorgeous things, you also have correspondences with days of the week, you know, when you're practicing your magic and kind of planning out when you want to do what. So I'm going to give you another little breakdown for that. If you are interested in cosmic, being a cosmic witch, or you may already be one, you know, never hurts to have a refresher. Um, and it also just kind of helps our magic all around, even if you aren't a cosmic, cosmic witch, necessarily, you still can work with correspondences all the time to just fit your magic in that perfect little space and make sure that you're getting, you know, the best outcome possible. If, if you have the time and the patience and the energy to do it in that way. Of course, we can always just kind of work our magic when and where we can. And it doesn't have to be perfect. And that's something that we already know. But um, so this is for uh, days of the week and the corresponding planets, colors, deity associations, metal and symbolic objects. Okay. So Monday is moon. The colors are silver, pewter. Oh, pewter is one of my favorite colors. And it's also one of my favorite words. Pewter. That's such a great mouthfeel word. Anyway, white and gray. Deity, Selene, Nymphus, Nymphus, there we go, Artemis, Isis, Associations, Fertility, Increased Dreamworks, we've kind of talked about that in a lot of episodes actually by now, um, Metal is Silver, of course, and the symbolic object is the cauldron. You know, again, when we were talking about correspondences before, I mean, we talked about it for many weeks, but it's stuff that kind of already makes sense, so of course the moon is going to be like silver. We already know that, you know, it's when we look at the moon, it's the silver, the gray, the pewter, those are the colors we see. Um, so for Tuesday, it's Mars. The color is red, of course. Deities are Mars, Aries, Tew, Oya, Kali. Associations, defense, protection, inspiration, defeating obstacles, courage, sex, dance. Metal, iron. And the symbolic object is the arrow. I've always wanted to get an arrow tattoo, but now... Never mind. That was a whole tangent. We don't we don't have time for that. <laughs> Wednesday is Mercury, the color yellow, deity Mercury, Hermes, Athena, Seraph. Oh my god. I can usually when I'm doing my readings, I can always say this name. Sarashvarti. I think I just said it right. If I didn't, let me know. Um and Woden. Associations, communication, learning, study, exams and tests, legal issues travel, ideas, memory, science. So basically all those things that go haywire when Mercury goes retrograde. Metal is Mercury, of course. And the symbolic object is the staff. And then for Thursday, we have Jupiter as the planet. Oh, Y'all, I want to get a Jupiter tattoo also. I have all these tattoos I want to get. I never will because I'm a security cat. Um, colors are purple, dark blue, deity, Thor, Jupiter, Rhiannon. Do I pick my favorite? Juno and Lakshmi. I wonder if that's supposed to be like Lakshmi. I think so. Um, associations are generosity, natural justice, expansion, property, wills, family matters. Not to be confused with the beloved TV show. Metal is tin and the symbolic object is the drum. Friday is Venus. I think we talked about this in the Friday the 13th episode um, because, you know, Friday represents the feminine. And then Friday the 13th came and people just wanted to put dirt on their name because it was associated with the divine female. That's a rant for another day. The color is green. Deity Venus Aphrodite. 
Angus Pavarti, associations, love, affection, friendship, partnership, allurement, sexuality, beauty, art, love it. Metal is copper, and the symbolic object is rose or star symbol. Saturday, Saturn, hello. Uh, colors are black or brown. Deity, Hecate, Nem Nemesis. I didn't know that was a deity, Nemesis. Okay, I'm going to look into that. And Saturn, associations, boundaries, binding, exorcism, discipline, reduction, protection, deflection. Hello, Saturday. That's a lot of heavy work you can do on a Saturday. Uh, metal is lead, and the symbolic object is chain or cords. And then Sunday is sun, obviously, color gold, uh, deity Bridget Apollo Bellissima. Have to look that one up too. Uh, associations, health, happiness, contentment, music, and poetry. Doesn't that sound like a lovely Sunday? And mimosas. <laughs> uh, metal is gold, just like the color, and the symbolic object is the disc. Gold disc. Yeah, we see a lot of that actually. So yeah, I just want to go through a few more correspondences. If you um, are working with days of the week and you are trying to align them with their planet correspondence. So there you go. Okay, so next up we have a type of which I'm going to talk about just very briefly because, you know, I am a feminist. This is a feminist podcast. It's feminist space. Um, the Dianic witches and they follow the cult of Diana and um, their practice really is rooted in feminism. It. I'm going to talk about them briefly because we absolutely have... Um, men that are witches and listen to this podcast. We have non-binary folks that listen and, um, you know, people identify all kinds of ways. And so I don't want to leave them out by saying <laughs> only women are allowed, but I just want to highlight them because it is a type that will come across in witchcraft. Um, it's something that you'll come across if you're doing your own research on the types of witches. So they're all about the divine female and goddess worship. And that is from the maiden to the mother to the crone, which is something you may have heard of before, but it's, you know, maiden, mother, crone. It's just three different stages. And yeah, there's just no men allowed. <laughs> so it's all about women. It's all about the divine female. It is um, all from a feminist aspect. So I do appreciate that a lot. Uh, that's not necessarily my kind of magic. You know, I, again, fall under eclectic in, in talking about all this stuff. But as a feminist, I do try to come from a feminist place in everything that I do but I also I mean I see I see the merit and ways of having like a solely female coven and having it like as a safe space for all women and people and anyone that identifies as a woman but also I feel like we should be as inclusive as possible so I'm not naysaying it but I'm also saying it's not just you know it's not for me but if you are looking for a really feminist stanced witchcraft and for you know being in a coven with all women and practicing magic with all women then it might be the, the one for you or it's something that you're already practicing so it's dianic um and it's named after diana the cult of diana this next one is one i can't remember if i talked about last week i it was in my mind and i can't remember if I, I don't think i did but if i did sorry for the refresher but i wanted to talk about fae witches or fairy witches and those are witches that work with fairy spirits. Um, okay, so here's the thing. I know not everyone's going to believe in fairies and all different kinds of deities and magical creatures and mythology and all that stuff. I do. I believe in it all. I think fairies are real. I think, I mean, I know the Loch Ness Monster isn't real. Like, the picture's fake. They've proven it. But I also do definitely think there's like serpent dinosaur creatures living somewhere. <laughs> you know? 
I believe in all that stuff. Yeti, Bigfoot. I mean, there's, when I was a kid, I, that's all I read. I would just read these like urban legends and uh, regional mythology. And I just believe all of it. So yeah, I absolutely believe fairies are real. And even though I personally don't work with that kind of magic and I don't find that I convene, convene, is that the word? with fairies. I know people that absolutely do and they to an extent believe that they are, you know, part fairy or have fairy blood or energy or magic. And I know this is very much sounding like an episode of True Blood. <laughs> Stick with me. The fairy storyline in True Blood was ridiculous, but it extend stems from a real place and from real beliefs and from real people. But um fairy witches, fey witches are almost like green witches in a way they're very connected to nature they kind of remind me of um is it sleeping beauty aurora where she goes out in the forest and all the birds and doe and bunnies all like flock around her or is that snow white okay it's probably all disney princesses we don't have to be so specific it's probably all of them but that's what they have you know they just attract animals they attract it is. It kind of is that Disney princess vibe where there's a gentleness to them and there's a peace to them and there's a natural magic. And I mean that in the sense of like, yes, we all have natural magic, right? But I mean, it's a magic that particularly comes from and gives back to nature. Like they are very nature-based witch. And that is kind of a sign that you do carry fae with you in some way or that you may be fairy connected in some way. It's not that you're just drawn to the natural world, but the natural world is drawn back to you. Like, I don't, I mean, I'm not a fae, fairy, uh, as far as I know. You never know. Every day we learn something new about ourselves. But uh, I don't like the outside world so much, and it don't like me. Uh, mosquitoes try to chew me up everywhere I go, and um, will take huge chunks out of me. I just swell up. I can't breathe outside. So those are like my clues that I'm not fae in any way. But there are people that are just truly at one with nature. Like when we say that phrase, their home. It's natural to them. So yeah, they are very nature connected, very earth connected, but also do actually work with fairies and fairy spirits, which I've never seen a fairy, but I feel like if I went to like Ireland or like a rural, dom not domestic, what am I saying? A rural, just rustic, that's the word, part of England, or Scarlet. I feel like I'd see some. Like, I feel like they really are out there. I totally believe in them. I believe in mermaids. I'm, I don't have time to go into a whole thing about it. But I think they're real. And I think that fairy witches or fae witches absolutely have the ability to communicate with them and to, to work within that same kind of magic that fairies have. In fact, some people believe that fairy witches were granted their magic from fairy folk. I know this sounds very like 16th century the way I'm saying it, but fairy folk is a real thing and fairies and witches have historically had, you know, this long connection with each other of kind of fraternizing with each other, whether it was seen as a good or bad thing. You know, the thing that's too, it's kind of hard for me to not believe that fairies and gnomes and goblins and all of these things exist and believe that witches exist. It's like, I know that I'm a witch, so... I know that magic exists, so why can't I believe that all these other things do too? And I don't know. I just think there's so much 
evidence of this stuff in the past. And it's one of those things where we have allowed ourselves to forget about it and move away from it because we've been told it's silly. But I think they're real <laughs> too. And if you are a fairy witch, a fae witch, and you have seen it, felt it, heard it, you know, I do believe in fairies. I do. I do. <laughs> I believe in Tinkerbell. I, I can't help it. I think they're real. So if you are and you have any, listen, if you have a picture or something, let a girl know. I know they, <laughs> I know there's like that hoax picture from, I think like the 18th or 19th century of the two little girls playing and they have like flowers strewn in their hair and there's like fairies dancing all around them. And someone just kind of made it up, but I still think they're real. And so if you have any evidence or if you are a fae witch, let me know. Share your story with me because I do believe in them. I really do. And I think they're beautiful and wonderful. I mean, I know in certain cultures, and this will have to be like a deep dive uh, into mythology at some point that we do, but there are good fairies and bad fairies, right? I know the bad fairies go by a variety of different names or they're like specific ones, but I'm talking about the lovely, light, um, you know, beautiful fairies that encourage light magic and light work and come from a beautiful, positive place. So yes, you may be a fairy witch. I know there's at least one of you out there listening to this. Let me know. I'm not just talking about fairies like a crazy person because I really believe them. All right. So let's talk about um, our healers, our healing witch, which has kind of been, you know, an overriding theme of this episode. But, and you know, okay, let me not say that. A healing witch is, again, kind of an umbrella term because you can heal people through magic. You can heal people through potions. You can heal people through cooking. So a kitchen witch, a green witch, an eclectic witch, a sea, we can all fall under the healing witch. But there can also be, if, you know, there's like particularly shamans and that's not quite the same thing. Like, I don't know if all shaman, obviously I can't speak for all shamans, and if they identify as witches, but being a shaman is like a particular healing position in a community. So in a, in ways being a healing witch can be sham, sham, shamniac. Okay. I'm trying to, I'm basically, I'm just trying to use that word and trying to find a way to get to it. Um, but yeah, I can't speak for all shamans and how they identify. Shaman is like a thing within itself. But if you are a healing witch, a healer, you can have some of those same properties, even though you're a human person, you know what I'm trying to say. So being a healing witch, it's, it basically just means you have the ability to heal others, whether it's through something physical or something spiritual. Um, it's kind of falls along the lines of being an empath because healing witches take a lot in, <laughs> take in more in than you necessarily need to, uh, or can be a detriment to us at times. But we attract those people because we are healers and they know that maybe through psychic ability, and I don't mean like, you know, being able to talk to spirits, something like that, but being so strong psychically that you can heal someone through touch or through positive thought. Um, and again, when I'm saying heal people, I mean, obviously if something is medically wrong with you or you're having an issue that's real and, and serious and I'll say real, but is something that a doctor should be consulted on. Absolutely do that, please. Please take care of yourselves. I want all of you around for a really long time. We have a lot of magic to make together. But if it's something where you're healing, I mean, sometimes it can be physical too, uh, because I know for myself personally, I carry a lot. I have a lot of pain manifestation and fi I have fibromyalgia and it is triggered by stress and anxiety. And I have a lot of that. And so I know that 
dealing with another healer because sometimes we really can't heal ourselves no matter how gifted we are. It, it helps to have someone else's healing energy and it can help you alleviate stress and anxiety and it can in turn alleviate for me my pain. Um, but also if it's an emotional healing, a spiritual healing, you're dealing with a breakup, you're dealing with a, a loss, you're dealing with grief, um, you know, something's happened with your job, something just didn't turn out the way you wanted to. Healing witches are the ones you go to to kind of restore you back to good health. And again, not saying in place of medicine or medical treatment or what all these wonderful things that science has given us, but a healer can restore you and nourish you in other ways. And so healing witches are... See, I'm, yeah, I don't want to keep using the word shaman because it's not the same thing. It kind of just has this, it has similar correspondences to shamanic. I can't say that word. Why, why can't I say that word? <laughs> uh, to like shamanic practices and healing, but it's not necessarily the exact same thing, especially because again, I don't know, I wouldn't call anyone a witch who doesn't identify as a witch. A shaman is something different, whether they identify as like a priest, priestess, you know, I just don't know. It's different, all a varied, varied cultures, varied traditions. So I certainly can't speak to any of it or all of it. I can just speak for myself and what I know healing, which is, which is a separate thing to be. Um, I mean, I'm just using that example to kind of get your head in the right space because I know that's a word that a lot of people like know in our vernacular, um, even though they aren't the same thing necessarily. Does that make sense? <laughs> I hope so. I hope I didn't just offend anyone. Sorry if I did. But yeah, so healing witches basically just have the power to heal through touch, through um, through creating potions, through sending out their own energy, and by taking on other people's energy. So a lot of us that are empaths are healers and thus healing witches. It is a very exhausting kind of witch to be. I'm sure you all know if you're also an empath and you're just taking on people's shit all the time. <laughs> but it's one of our duties and one of our roles to give out that healing as and where we can. And to also be cognizant of when our healing isn't enough to refer people that come to us onto other sources and other places. Like we can't fix everything, unfortunately. And even though I always say like, it's our responsibility to be pillars in our community. It's our responsibility to take care of ourselves, take care of each other, take care of people that don't, you know, possess magic in the way that we do. It's also our responsibility to say, Hey, this is too much for me. And I need you to do this, this, and this to be as healthy and as fulfilled and as healed as you're trying to be. So it's a lot of responsibility to be a healing witch, but also a really, really important role. Okay, so next we have y'all. My voice is about to give out, but I've I've gotten an hour and 15 minutes and I can't give up now. <laughs> and I do still have a headache, but like, let's see what happens. Okay, I'm just going to talk about two more kinds of witches and then we will do our crystal of the week and then we will do homework and then I'm going to take a nap. So first I want to talk about our crystal, which, which I think, all, sorry, I'm going to laugh every time I say that. I think all witches are, you know, to an extent, we all love our crystal work. We all dig in deep with that. Um, again, when we're talking about particular witches and how we kind of will identify as witches and how we can determine what we are, it's really where the majority of our practice lies, what we're really, really attracted to and how well versed we are in it. So you know, we do a crystal of a week, of the week, every week, 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 I was going to say it on this podcast. And if you are a true baby witch and their first episode of Bad Witch is your first, you know, like baby toe in to any of this stuff, then maybe you aren't necessarily a crystal witch because you're kind of just learning as you go and you don't have 
a particular drive to fish out all the crystals yourself and work with them in every single spell you do, but you enjoy learning about them and you're building up your collection. I wouldn't necessarily classify that person as a crystal witch, although, you know, you make it further into your practice and be like, oh, I'm all about the crystals, baby. But again, someone, like I just said, who is so drawn to crystals, has always been drawn to them, uses them in every spell, every ritual, centers their practice around it. That is going to be your crystal witch. It's the person that has the big geode that's cut in half as the centerpiece of their altar, centerpiece of their living room. They draw their magic from the crystals. They they give their magic back to the crystals. It's a lot of these things. It's just like a symbiotic relationship. If you're a candle witch, you work with the candles, the candles work with you, you feed off of each other. Same thing with the crystals. So if you're a crystal witch, it's not just that you use crystals in your practice, but it is essential to your practice. You absolutely have to have them. It's kind of the same thing with a sea witch where the seawater is essential. The salt water is essential. Seashell, sand, sand dollars, um, even little marine life babies, as long as you're not harming them and as long as you're being respectful of all of those things, it is essential to your practice. It's not just that you use it, you know, in bits and pieces, but it's like really a tenet of it. And it's really, really important to what you're doing. Same thing if you're an elemental witch. It's not just all of us use earth and air and fire and water, salt and sea, nope, salt and smoke and ash and flame or flame and ash at different intervals. But it's about the essentialness. So for an elemental witch, it is really the cornerstone. Those elements are always key. They're always important. That witch will feed off of the elements and will feed back into the elements, you know? So we all dabble here in that. That's why I really think eclectic is like for everyone to an extent. I mean, unless you're like strictly in certain Wiccan disciplines or what have you, um, you know, or, or obviously there's many, 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 many. <laughs> I just keep saying Wiccan because Wicca is what we so closely associate as your religion of witchcraft. But that's why I think eclectic really works because we're just taking a little bit of everything instead of just being strictly this or that or the other. Although you can be strictly this or that or the other, which in the case of crystal witches, you are strictly about your crystals. And that's where you harness your energy, baby. And you probably have the prettiest house I've ever seen because it's just filled with glittering, shiny, pretty things. So we have our crystal witch. And then the last witch I'm going to talk about is, and this is not the be all end all of all witches. Obviously there are more types out there. <laughs> this is just what I could pack into two episodes. Um, but we can definitely do another in the future. Um, I would like to learn again more about the kind of witches you are and which you identify with, because it might be something I haven't heard of. And it might be something that you are the expert. I mean, not that I'm an expert, but <laughs> something that you really are an expert on. So yeah, uh, tell me all about it. I'd love to learn more but we're going to talk about the tech witch. So uh, tech witches are witches that I feel like we all kind of are becoming because we are in 2019, halfway through 2019, when the hell did that happen? And we are now dealing with things like the CoStar app and with getting our horoscope off of Refinery29 every week or, um, you know, going to the Vice Broadly site or all of these, uh, the astrology app. Isn't it like astrology.com an app, I think? I'm actually... I need to brush up all my apps because I downloaded CoStar and then I took it off and then I redownloaded it and it just keeps dragging me. So I'm afraid to download any other apps. But if you have any good apps that you would um, recommend for us, which is out there, that's, yeah, we should do that. We should put like a directory together of really good essential, not just horoscopes, but like spells, all that stuff, apps, and put it in one place where everyone can find it. Because I'm actually not that real versed on it. I'm going to do a little research uh, and hopefully I'll have something for Wednesday when this comes out. But yeah, tech witches embrace that. We know that technology is 
unavoidable. We know that in ways it makes life better. And I mean, in some ways it makes life worse, but in some way, a lot of ways it makes life better. And it makes our magic and our spirituality and our practice better as well. And we don't, again, you know, we don't always have to pull out, you know, the spell book and get on the altar and do all this stuff. Sometimes it's okay to work just completely in technology. And sometimes it's okay to work with your practice with technology kind of drizzled on top of it. It doesn't always have to be in this very traditional, almost not antiquated in a bad way, but antiquated in the sense of tradition kind of way. We don't have to do everything by the book, by the book of shadows. Like, you know, all of our ancestors and all the witches that came before us were taught it's okay to infuse that technology in a little bit. We just simply have different lives now. We're always on the go. We're always plugged in. And so if you are plugged in, it's okay to get some of your spirituality from a website or from an app or hello from a podcast. <laughs> you know, that's the perfect example. There's a lot of really popular witch Instagrams. Um, I will get y'all some of those too. There's a couple that the hood witch. Oh my gosh. Is that what it is? Hold on. I'm going to look it up real quick. I think it's the hood witch. Okay. Yes. The hood witch. Very, very popular, popular, <laughs> very, very popular. Instagram account. I think they were actually featured. I know that they get a lot of press. I think they were featured in Vogue magazine not that long ago. So, I mean, it's just a cool thing to get on to your Instagram app. And instead of looking again, like people like me who don't do it now, but like if you're selling detox tea and belly wraps and, or just looking at people's Instagram that are like these so aspirational that it kind of bugs you out and makes you feel some kind of way. Why not tap into you know, different astrologer or witch or magical, mystical Instagrams while you're poking around anyway. So I would start there. And the one good thing I can say about Instagram, which wasn't much, is that when you do follow people or when you're on someone's page, it gives you a lot of suggestions. So I'm on the Hood Witches page right now. And stuff that's coming up is like the Moon Tarot, um, House Witch, that's another one, H-A-U-S Witch. That's one that I used to follow. Um, the Witch Way, you know, there's all kinds of different ones out there that you can follow and kind of dig into the tech witch thing. It's it's just about modernizing the whole witchcraft practice thing a little bit and embracing technology instead of shunning it and understanding that you can use it if you use it the right way and you go to the right resources, that it can be a wonderful tool to your magic and that it doesn't have to be the old guard way all the time. Casting a circle is wonderful, using crystals and candles is wonderful, but sometimes you can get your spells off of an app if it's legitimate. You know, you don't have to carry, lug around a huge spell book <laughs> that like Winifred from Hocus Pocus, you have to use, what did she have to use to open it? I don't know, but wasn't it made of human skin or something? I don't know. I'm going to watch this. <laughs> I'm going to do a movie rewatch and come back with some more crystal clear Hocus Pocus facts next time. But yeah, so those were the witch types that I wanted to cover today. Again, uh, email me, the Bowish podcast. Yep at gmail.com. If you are one that I didn't cover, you have another one you want me to talk about, but just to kind of give us all an idea of the different witch types that are out there. Sometimes it does help. Mm, yeah. Sometimes it does help to just feel like you can put a name on something. You know, some people very much aren't into labels, but some people dig them. It gives them a sense of security and a sense of kind of knowing their place and where they belong. Um, so it's either or if you don't, if you're not into labels, then just be a witch and be a bad witch and be whatever you want. But if you are, and you feel cool saying, not cool, like, oh, I'm so cool, but cool, like comfortable saying, 
yeah, I'm a hedge witch and that's the name for it. And I can do all these things and let me study more into that particular order of it. And then awesome, you know, label yourself, don't label yourself, do whatever you want to do. You're a bad witch. You already know what you're doing. You got it. <laughs> anyway, so let's talk about our crystal of the week. And actually, let's do our homework first. Sorry, I keep putting up the crystal. It's not that it's not important. It's just that I talk too much. Um, so your homework is to, is pretty much the same as last week, is looking into the types that we showed today. Do you align with these witches? Is this one of these your types? And if so, share it. Talk about it. And if not, then uh, let me know which type you are. Maybe I truly didn't cover it yet. There's way more in the witch world than just I know. So let me know for sure. Okay. On to our, oh wait, I forgot one more thing I wanted to say. <laughs> one more thing. Uh, no, 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 you know what? We'll do it next week. I'm making a note literally in my phone right now. We'll do it next week. Yes. Okay. So on to our crystal of the week. This is another thing where I'm like, did we do this already? <laughs> but I don't think we did. It's just that we did Howlite last week. And when Howlite is dyed blue it's a blue howlite stone it looks just like turquoise which is our crystal of the week which is why i think that i'm confusing them so i wanted to do something that was about health and healing because again we're talking about all these different witch types and each witch type has its own family of stones that work with it and so it'd be too hard to pick well not hard but you know each one should e i should either pick one stone for each one to talk about or just generally talk about a stone that vibes with all which kind. And since I am sick this week and all you beautiful healers in the Facebook group have been trying to heal me with all of your remedies and, and concoctions and all that stuff, I thought turquoise would be great because even when, even though, okay, so I'm sick and I'm sure there is some summer sickness, sickness that's going around because there always is, <laughs> it's just unavoidable. And if you're traveling like I was, or if you're just stressed at work, you know, your immune system gets compromised. You just have other stuff going on that just is knocking you out. There is a need for a stone that cultivates health, but also can work as like a universal healing stone because we, as discussed, are healers. And I think that, you know, in, in different ways, we're always in need of some kind of healing. We're always working through something, whether we're very conscious of it or it's a subconscious, unconscious thing we are always in the process of healing. And so a stone that deals with health and healing can't do us too much wrong. So turquoise, which has always, always, always been one of my favorites. So when I was younger, um, my grandparents would always go to the national powwow in Oklahoma and they'd always bring back turquoise. And my mom has like a bunch of turquoise jewelry, which I have totally stolen. <laughs> it's mine now, but it's one of those, I think it's one of those witch kid stones too. It's like the, it's with there with the tiger's eye and the amethyst and the clear quartz and um, the obsidian. It's just those ones that kids are always really, really attracted to. I mean, of course, it's definitely the color, the blues and the greens. It's unreal. Every time you see a person, every time you see a piece of turquoise, you're like, yes, yes, give me some of that. That is some, that's the good shit right there. But I think it's just the, the properties of turquoise are so powerful and especially, I mean, you know, I, I talk about before like trying to get stuff from uh, ethical sources and so when my grandparents would bring it back, it was from an ethical source. It wasn't just going to like, you know, Urban Outfitters or free people that, you know, are kind of tap into the new age uh, wellness, hippie chic, bohemian thing. Um, 
which is fine. You know, if you get your turquoise jewelry from there too, there's nothing wrong with it. Turquoise is turquoise as long as it's not like a painted stone or anything. But it was always coming from an ethical source, but also a really powerful source, the turquoise they would bring home. So I was just bananas about it. I continue to be bananas about it to this day. I actually have a little turquoise and silver ring that I stole from my mom and I wear it on my flights because it is really about, again, like how light last week, it really is about calm and about reducing stress. And so the reason that I'm calling it a healing stone and a health stone is because stress and anxiety so bring down our immune system. And when our immune system's down, that's when any and everything likes to come for us. So we're trying to bring turquoise in because it is a stone for stress relief. And it just lets you release and it brings in calm. Just like, you know, you think of that color, you think about the water that's that color and it brings in just a sense of calm that washes over you. That's turquoise, baby. It is such a calming stone. It really works to alleviate stress, to keep stress away from you. And it also helps absorb energies that don't belong in our auras. So it's like a cleanser stone. If you have turquoise next to you, if there's an energy that's trying to psychically attack you, um, it, the turquoise will be like, oh, not today, honey, and suck it up instead and try to keep it away from you, thus also keeping your stress down. And the more, just trust me, as someone who has fibro and I have, um, I'm pre-rheumatic, rheumatoid arthritis, I've been developing it for a while, and I also got in a very bad car accident, which kind of sped up everything, unfortunately. Um, so I got some creaky, anky uh, joints that get very inflamed and very painful at times. And the more my stress is decreased and the less anxious I am, the less that pain comes through. And so I, I can't – listen, I can't testify to all things medical and science-related, but I can't testify to stress and anxiety being dangerous in a lot of ways and not just – for our physical health, but you know, the more we let stress and anxiety and fear, I talk about fear a lot, take place and take a hold, the more it'll attract the same. And we got to keep that away from us because we are bad witches, but we're good witches and we're light workers. And so we want to dwell in a place that is high vibration and high energy and not be brought down by stress and anxiety. So get yourself some turquoise, let it suck up all that bad around you, cleanse it out and then put it right back next to you because it's such a good stone for health and for healing. Okay, my beautiful baddies, I thought I was not even going to make it an hour, and we have made it an hour and a half. Um, my voice is definitely about to go out. I'm about to take a real good nap. I'm about to go take another uh, teaspoon, tablespoon, whatever, the biggest spoon of, of honey. I'm about to eat another garlic clove because it's working. You know, these little rituals, rituals that y'all sent my way are working. I'm going to call my grandma and beg her. Well, I don't have to beg her. She'll just give it to me <laughs> for her, her um syrup, juice, whatever recipe, I'm going to try to make that because it is working. So here's to good health. I hope all of you are doing really, really well out there. I hope no one, actually, no, someone else said they were sick too. So I'm sorry. I hope it passes quickly for you. I hope we're doing much, much better next week. I hope you're all just doing great out there and you're happy and you're healthy and things are just going good. And I hope this new moon came in and gave you a new perspective and let you kind of start a start afresh is a fresh word. <laughs> start anew or start fresh with things that you've been working on. Um, I know that Jupiter is at its biggest tonight, which is Monday night. And so I heard, listen, Jupiter is my fave. I told you all I want to get a Jupiter tattoo. I just have always, I used, I've said this before, but it always used to make me so mad in like elementary school when we talk about, we learn about planets 
everyone be like, Saturn's my favorite. It's so pretty. I'm like, you guys are fake. Okay. Saturn has rings or whatever, but Jupiter is gorgeous. Like get on the good team. No one ever did. I'm the, I was the sole Jupiter supporter. I also like that. It was so big, very powerful, um, powerful mama energy. I was all about that. But yeah, Jupiter is, I think that it's most powerful tonight and also as biggest and brightest. So I hope that that brings some good energy your way. I love you all tremendously from the bottom of my witchy heart. Um, thank you for the reviews. If you have a chance, go and drop me one on iTunes or, oh, Apple's getting rid of iTunes. So I'm not really sure how that's gonna work. I'm gonna look into it because, you know, I have to get this out. <laughs> so we'll see. I'm gonna do some research. Um, and if you want to drop me a line, it's uh, thebadwitchpodcast at gmail.com. You can hit me on Twitter. It is chow underscore Mickey. Uh, Instagram is chow Mickey. Sorry, I had to stop <laughs> Remember, if you want to DM me there, a couple people found me on Instagram. Whatever floats your boat. Facebook group, Bad Witch. Uh, there is a question you have to answer if you listened to this podcast. It, I've said it in every episode, so you got to know it by now. It's I promise it's a really simple question. Um, what else? Oh, patreon.com slash badwitch if you want to join and get readings and witch email and bonus episodes. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to do a bonus episode tonight or tomorrow, depending on how much honey I take through a little behind on that. And we're doing Leo next, which I was a little, little because my most recent ex is a Leo, but also Bill Skarsgård is a Leo. So I think it's going to be a good episode. <laughs> Anyway, I love you all tremendously. Um, this podcast would be nothing without you. You are all my bad, beautiful witches. You are powerful. You deserve good. You are loved. We are blessed to have each other. Blessed be my loves. Until next Wednesday, goodbye.